Welcome to the Soup Philosophy. This is Jamila and Tasha, and it's episode four. Episode four. Welcome. So we we had an idea of what we were going to do today, and then and then things changed. Things changed at the last minute, and then they changed again, and then they changed again, and now we're here, and we're here now doing but this thing. We're here. That's well, all that matters. We're here. We're, we are here. We're, we're in the studio. We're being and consistent. We're doing it. Being consistent. So proud with of recording. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. you had as an well. idea. Yes. Thought about that thing. We stayed on it. We stayed on that thing. Yeah, we did and it. That's coming to fruition. We, we manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not not down for the manifestation. I, I am here for manifestation. <laughs> I am here for fruition. They were like, if you got a song to sing, sing that song. Yes. Write those words. Yes. Do the podcast. Do the podcast. So now we're doing the thing. We're we're here doing the thing that we proud do. of you. So proud. Of you. I'm proud of you as well, girl. <laughs> You're doing what you're making it do what it do. You said you were going to do it and you did it. We did it. Now I believe in you. This is how trust is yes, built. Trust and growth. <laughs> it's growth. You got to do the growth. fingers. Yes, you have to do the fingers. <laughs> growth. They can't see our fingers. No, no. Just, just think Kelly. <sighs> growth. Growth. That's the what shoulder. it is. That's and you got to do the shoulders and the fingers at the same time. <laughs> growth. This is what we do. We're growing. We're growing. All right. So, so we had one topic. Yes. Now we're flipping it. We're flipping it. Flip it. Flip it down. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> do me, baby. Oh yeah. Do me, baby. All right, all right. Let's get no, serious. You think you can. No, no. Are you no. in my rasp? No. <laughs> That's okay. I waited years to get that. <laughs> it took you that 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 you know that squall rasp that you were like, oh, I wish I could do that. Not that Casey Jojo rasp. No, no, that's that, no, that smoker crack. Smoker. That's that crack rasp. Smoker nah, crack. you don't want the crack rasp. Nah, because you ain't, ain't no coming back after that. No, it's gonna stay no, that way. You do weird things when you have that. Kind of right, 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 right. How did we get here? Well, I don't. I, I, Jay, I sometimes you know. So I just wonder. You know, we just be traveling. Yes, you know the topic are. goes left and right. You know we zig as much as we zag. That's what we this do. This is true. I'm gonna send this to you, and you're gonna be mad at me, and it's gonna be fine. So let's see. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's great. All right. So today, um, we we had a, a pre-conversation prior to getting in the studio, and the conversation. Like, hold it! Don't say anything else. We're gonna lose all. This yes, great we're gonna lose all this great stuff. <laughs> we're gonna lose all of that pure anger that was coming with it, because there were so many little topics <sighs> that we were trying to you know touch on because of there's been a lot going on in the last week yes. basically that's not even a whole week it's only thursday right it's only thursday <laughs> it's so much that has happened and it has it, it, it brought up some you know conversations between us and other people that we were like oh and i and i said this and i did this so we're gonna try to give you a little bit of everything so uh, i guess today's topic is a little of this a little of that we had a title though did we really what was the title i don't know cultural theft or something right <laughs> <laughs> that's not the title cultural the 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 wrath of the culture vulture oh. that's what it is so mm. you know we 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 had some things that we wanted to talk about so today was the funeral for nipsey hustle homegoing home oh, i'm sorry yes the homegoing service the celebration of life yes 
for Nipsey Hussle. As an African American community. I was about something. Like, I was like, in the African American community. But you were on BET, so right. I don't know who you're talking to. Listen. <laughs> I think it this was all the African American, but it was community. also it was streamed on CBS, NBC. Oh, okay, okay. It was streamed on all of their online platforms. Well, that guy, I think he was on BET that I saw. That oh, jeez. <laughs> Do we have to explain going. this again? No, we did this. And um, what's not not? Oh, no, can't say her name. She's not dead yet. Mm, sorry, take it back. Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already. I think every time someone black dies, we have to explain it's a homegoing. Right. And I think we should stop explaining things. We should stop it's explaining. Because at this point, I think Aretha Franklin gave everybody the, the idea the idea, and gave everybody like, okay, so this is what we measure against. Yes. So this is what Not we're going for. Long, Not six hours long. You know, yeah. take what you need. Right. <laughs> I, I was in the car driving to Chincoteague Island mm. and we started and ended and that funeral was still going on. I never on. saw it. Oh my god! Is it online somewhere? I didn't bother to look. I listen. Just watch the snippets. It's no point watching the whole I've only thing. Seen little snippets. I think I'm okay. Right, you're good. You okay, didn't miss good. much. Mm. I mean, you missed six hours, but <laughs> you well, you, you didn't miss. You know, I there's a lot of time. like lull time in there as well. <laughs> there's a lot of lull time. So the 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 home going service for Nipsey was, I think, exactly what he would have wanted it to be, based on who was there, who had things to say. Um, couple people performed, Marsha Ambrosius, Anthony Hamilton, Stevie Wonder. Um, that's all I can remember off the top of my head. I only saw the two. I didn't see Stevie. I didn't see Stevie either, but apparently he, like Nipsey had said that if he were to pass, that's who he wanted to sing at his funeral. Okay. You know. So I was like, dope. Right, I'm glad Stevie's still here. Right, Stevie's not, here. It's to unfortunate sing it for him. though. That's not the what you well, want to say. Right, that no. you got your wish in you your know, death, but no. you know, based on like the the interviews and things that I've seen and and what was said at the service today, a lot of people were saying that he it felt like he knew something was coming, mm-hmm. um, based on how he was moving and based on how he was texting and talking to everyone and he was making sure he told people he loved them and he was mm-hmm. making sure he was asking people like do you need me to do anything for you like do you need anything from me that kind of thing like he was asking like his circle like mm-hmm. those kind of questions like over the last couple of weeks and everybody kept asking him like why you keep asking us that like why you keep saying that and it, do you it, need anything right do you need anything <laughs> like and it was kind of those one of those things like he must have felt something in his spirit mm-hmm. you know what i mean and you know it happens and I think it was it was a it was a home going that was deserved and you know um, based on a lot of like the articles and things that have come out today about the service, um, I read one that was um, on Blavity, mm-hmm. and this young lady I'm not gonna name her by name because I don't do internet beef. Um, she basically was um, they were talking about Nipsey's mom talking and how she. Um, was basically saying everything except for admitting that her son was a gang member. You don't have to do that. And my thing was, he's what was not the, a gang member. So he? he, I mean, he's a gang member. He was like, he's gonna forever be, oh. you know, a crip and forever be rolling sixties. But at the same time, I, I, I just posed the question like, okay, so was he a gang member? Yeah. Was he? Was he a gang member at the time that this happened? Yeah, but was he? You know, did he change his mind and his character and the things that he was doing? Yeah. That is so what's the what is the thing that by stating out loud to everybody he was a gang member? He was a member of the Rolling Sixties Crips. What does that? What does that do? Like, the, and that was the point that I was that making because she basically that said, he like, did good work. Yeah, she basically said, like, his mom praising him for all the things that he did. 
is is and not mentioning that he was a gang member basically like took away from the message and um that the the non acknowledgement of it is a reason why we'll never prosper as a people. No, we never prosper as a people because you do dumb shit and focus on the wrong stuff. Thank you. <laughs> like, and she basically so my this point is a woman who is burying her child. Right. A mother is burying their child. You were concerned about the fact that he did bad things right. or was and, and what a she's... member of a group of people who supposedly do bad things. If you ever heard the origin, the origin story of the gangs is doing exactly what he is doing. Right. They were supposed to be like our protection. Mm-hmm. And that and got she basically her her thing was this this young lady online was basically like you know not saying it is disregarding that he had a violent past and that he was he part of the problem past. right he had he was part of the problem why the hood was the way that it was and he had he a hand in destroying the hood that he he supposedly loved and this that and the third and I'm like first of all she confused I, she she everybody that has something to say against what she said online. She had something else to say, and it was like she was trying to keep the the negativity going in it. And I, I, at this point, I'm like over the negativity part of it, and I'm just I was just basically saying like, he, was he a gang member? Yes. Did he have a violent past? Yes. Did he learn better and decided to move higher and elevate his consciousness? Yes, he did all of those things. And because he did that, he was still respected by the gang that he's affiliated with. I don't understand how it, somebody at his home going saying, yes, he was a gang member. It's going to it's change the narrative. The narrative still is, was he in a gang? Yes. Did he do, have a violent past? Yes. Did he elevate his mind? Yes. Did he go strive for higher consciousness? Yes. yes. I don't understand. How did he treat his woman and how his did family? He treat, right. and how did people around him see exactly. him? Exactly. Did did he? He did so get, many other great right. things. Why are you? Why do you want to dwell on the fact that he was a gang? Okay, first of all, are you from California? Right. Do you understand gang, gang culture? Right. Or what it means to grow up in a neighborhood and, and where you have to gang have culture an is different. And protection. Did you understand that part of that living? Because if you don't, if you've never been there, you don't understand that kind of culture. Right. What you have to say is null and void. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares. The fact that you, well, Snoop is a gang member. Mm-hmm. Um, Little Wayne is a gang member. Yes, is Ti a gang member or Not is Ti his of. own gang? Ti <laughs> is probably his own gang at this point. in his own gang. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, but right, and my and like I said in, in in my response, I was like, redemption is necessary. Redemption, redemption is attainable. Like, why can't he be all of those things and still be a good man? Because just because it happened in your past doesn't mean that your present or your future is going to continue to be affected by this. That was your past because he said he wasn't out there doing those crazy things that he was doing when he was really Didn't like deep in the bang banging. Right. He, and that wasn't even the first time that he had initiated a truce. Like, it's not even the first time that he had done it. Did you ever see? Oh, gosh. I think it was in. Um, when the young man died, uh, where did he die? Uh, Michael Brown, Mike Brown, and they were looting and stuff in the streets. Mm-hmm. They were showing, I was watching it on Viceland and something else. It was like two different views. So on one channel, they're showing that the bloods and the crypts are outside of the store mm-hmm. and the other channel, I think it was Viceland. They show that one of the bloods is t- wanting the, 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 the reporter to call his mom to let him know that she's okay. Let mm-hmm. her know that she's, a, she's okay. And that they were protecting the stores. The bloods and the crypts were working together to protect, to the, protect the, the black owned stores. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's not like you can't 
not everyone in the gang is out to do negative things. Right. Like, that's what you've heard. That's what the news wants you to mm-hmm. know. As a, as a reporter, you should know better. <laughs> like, and, and my thing is for, for people who don't understand gang culture, <clears throat> if you've never seen a gang work, never seen a gang move, they don't always do violent things. They don't, they, they aren't the archetype of evil as everybody makes it seem. They are not. Um, my mother was very adamant on us being able to know the dudes on the corner mm-hmm. and knowing the judge in the courtroom. You got to know all those people know and everybody people. in between because you never know when you're going to need one of those people. And so you learn things by sitting down, having conversation with people and learn what the culture of it is to understand that everything that people think it is has not. nothing to do with what you think. And did, do they do bad things? Yes. Yeah. No one is, is discounting no that. But her her end point of it was basically he went out as a result. Like this is his karma no. for the bad things that he did. You were wrong. And I and, and I, I was like, why would you people? even say something like that? Like Did he kill people? I we no, don't no. know. That's not for us to know. That's but between him and his maker. That has nothing to do with us. The roster of the things that he has done over the right. last what, ten, twenty years. Yes. That it to me that him as that a great that character. makes more means more than all the other things. That now, he if he did. was in a gang and he never changed and he continued to do all these negative things, then okay, sure, he's a gang member. Fine. Yes. He yes. did not die as a gang member. He died helping a friend who was getting out of jail mm-hmm. and clothing him for out of his own store that he opened in the hood. He was buying back the hood, opening mm-hmm. up all of these um, enterprises and businesses and coding camps for children. Like, talk about that. But I, I think her her main point was is like you're supposed to live this exemplary life so that these accolades that they give you in death mean more because your life reflected that those good accolades. I respect the fact more that you came from the bottom, right? And you pulled and yourself that you up, raised yourself completely up, and then you brought your people with you. Absolutely, that's what you want. That's the that's, that's, <laughs> that's the message I think that people the get. It. You didn't learn any lessons when you were here. Then right. your living was in vain. Right. I can't ever say that that man's life was in vain, and all the people's lives that he touched would never say that his life was in vain. Right? She needs to shut up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you are, but you're talking stupid right now. <laughs> I, I, I just felt like when I was reading, I just felt like, yo, there's a level of ignorance. And like she was trying to like just she couldn't get off the point because she doesn't have one. Right. And I, th- and I think she needed she needed to in- interject that in there because, so she can make her her viewpoint for other people because maybe somebody's not listening to her at home. And she needed to she say, needs to be listened to. I'm just saying, she just needed somebody to hear what she had to say. So people you know. go online to argue. I feel like, I, and they don't and know that, that trolling life is, is that trolling life is ridiculous to me, but whatever. But I just felt like the, the conversation surrounding him and his life. There's never a person that whose funeral that you go to that you're going to hear about all the bad things they never. did on the mic. You're never going to hear somebody stand up and be like, yo, we robbed this dude one time. <laughs> like you're never going to get that on like at a funeral, like nobody's gonna say that about you. Never. I They're gonna not. talk about the good things that you did. Are they gonna talk about you being a saint or you being this, that, and the third? And they're giving him Jesus Christ type uh 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 uh, uh conversation. They're what putting him in that? line with Jesus Christ. I'm like, first of all, people are so offended. But Jesus Christ was a man. He was a man. But here's 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 my thing about it. You're supposed to be Christ like. Okay. Bam. If we want to use that as an example, technically. We're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to be Christ-like. And he was so the example of how was, we're supposed to be. Exactly. So if he was striving and changing his life to get to that level, I feel like why would you call it in vain, make it all the work that he did in vain and study the, the 
the starting point because you are you are enemy of progress right exactly (laughs) that's exactly what it is you're that's exactly what it is you don't want to see that people can change you believe people are one way right that they don't have any area of growth no growth no redemption no anything redemption has to happen for all of us absolutely insane if you live this whole life because i was that's like what the caste system in india yeah you can't ever get out of that Mm -hmm. this is not india no you are allowed to ascend Right. please do ascension is necessary <laughs> it's necessary it's a and that's necessary. why we can't get out the hood right and you want to keep everybody why. back right and remind us what you did when you were 10 and you were 12 forget the fact that 20 years have passed and now this man has completely changed his life and done all of these great things for himself and his community and his family mm-hmm. the fact that all these people have so many great things to say about him and he him. gave them an example <laughs> to strive for all the people who are still living that lifestyle <clears throat> he gave them an example of if y'all want the hood to work and y'all want this life to work here's here's the things that I did do that for your hood like Gary Vaynerchuk was doing a video about his friend and how his mind worked and how great he was mm-hmm. he doesn't talk about just anybody you know that has to be something of an example right <laughs> This I was on I was I had it on my screen while I was at work and I got to see like snippets when this lady was in the chat and she was like um, first of all why are you chatting why do you have commentary people just just want to be they 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 they're not getting listened to at home apparently they just need someone to coddle their feelings yes and I'm at a point in my life where I don't coddle people's don't feelings coddle. anymore nope nope <laughs> but this lady's like they keep saying he's Jesus that's not Jesus I said you sound really upset one two. Um, if people felt like he was Christ-like, then that is an example of the life that he lived. But three, like if you are supposed to be one of Christ's followers as well, the Jesus that you're talking about doesn't sound like the one that we should be following and you right. might want to check yourself. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. People get really hung up on that. Like, he's not Jesus. I was like, yeah, but you also don't know who Jesus was. No. Or what that, you don't know the whole story. Right. Some people were like, he wasn't even a real person. So I mean, you have different <laughs> levels like, of different what levels. people believe in, but what you can't do <clears throat> is force your beliefs down everybody's throats. Because no. to me, as somebody who's never met Nipsey, somebody who listened to his music, somebody who listened to, you know, lyrics, somebody who was a fan of the things that he was mm-hmm. doing, I will never ever say or discount what he did in this life to basically make it feel like, you know, um, I can't, I can't be a fan because he was a gang member. I can't be a fan because he, he, um, he did, he might've did some bad things when he was younger. We all did bad things when we were younger. Oh, I did some terrible stuff. Just did some, I just never got caught. See, I learned my lesson. as like, what, what age was that? 87 or 8 <clears throat> excuse me like 7 or 8 my mom was like don't talk to that dude on the street he sells drugs he's a bad kid and I was like okay so I walked down the street with my head to the ground and walked right past him and I walked right past him going to the store one day and he was like you gonna leave me hanging like wet laundry and I was like uh my mom said I can't talk to you he was like that's rude and I was like okay so every day after that I made sure I talked to him because it's rude to ignore people he's just another kid on the street so I was like, okay. And I, after that, over the years, he watched out for me. If he found out somebody bothered me, he checked them. If something ever happened to me, he got my bike back. So it's like, you can't judge people off of what you think they are. Right. You have to know who they are. Mm-hmm. If you don't know this person, shut up. <laughs> and my thing, you just never know who people are going to turn out to be. So you can't hold them hostage to want their starting point. But that's what our system does to us. So why she a black writer? 
She's on Blavity. Like, <laughs> no, it wasn't the lady that wrote the article. It was oh, somebody commenting somebody on commenting. the article. Yeah. I just feel like the society doesn't want us to go past. They see you as this one thing. They don't want you to go past There's that. There's no no evolution. Evolution is is a evolution, ascension, whatever you want to call it, is necessary for everybody to get to their next level of understanding, their next level of consciousness, their next level of of health, their next level of everything. You you can't know everything all the time. Okay, if no. you did, there wouldn't be school. There wouldn't be books. There wouldn't be books. <laughs> like everybody knows everything, so it wouldn't be any learning. And then at at some point, you know, somebody has to learn something new. And if they don't then we're failing. Right. We're failing as a society. Uh so keeping in mind that people their starting point is not their end point. If their starting point and their end point are exact, they have they wasted, wasted a time. life. They have wasted a life. <laughs> Who has the time to literally waste? have wasted a life if your starting point and your end point are the exact same. So just, where is there to go if you're going to stay in the same place? Right. If you started well, what do you elevate to? Mhm. I don't. You got to find that place of elevation, whether it's through reading, having conversation with people. Um, like for me, I, like in, in college, like I was one person that I read everything about religions and things like that. And in reading about it, you understand that there's a lot of similarities between oh, many of the religions, many of uh, of those things have the same premises, mm-hmm. have the same pillars. It's a thread that goes. Yeah, it's, it's a common thread through mm-hmm. all of it. And if you read for understanding, you get that. People are afraid to do that. It, I had to do it for myself. My parents had every holy book in the house. Right. So it was like, if you want to read, there's books. You can read. There's like, if you, you can figure it out, level, that's what the sex books are. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where like, you know, the manifestos and all those other books are. They had every like, book of Mormon. They had Egyptian book of the dead. You can please go read the Quran. Right. Go find out what it is that you're looking for. We're not going to tell and you. I think that's what, for me what it was. It was like, I was, I was at a point where I was searching for what God meant to me. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me to say for sure what that thing was and what the expression of that thing was going to be for myself. And so I took the time to read. I read so much um, late at night on the Internet, just scrolling, like looking for this, reading that. This says it has an extra link to this other reading. We're going to read that. I got this link to this one thing. I'm going to read that. And I was just reading and like literally, (laughs) you know what I mean? Going down the rabbit hole and being okay with it because I learned so much about myself in reading it and Mm -hmm. learned so much about what my, my belief system for me is. And it was just a lot. (laughs) And so like people who have this, box mentality about people need to like meet new people need to meet they need to read more. they need to read more Explore. they need to meet people and i don't care what level of education that you have is but you know really take the time to learn and really take the time to, to, to like understand that it's not just the one way of thinking I'm trying to figure out where i read this i think like it might be in the apocrypha a book that's been taken out of the Bible mm-hmm. that advises you not to take anybody's word for anything. No, you're supposed to study yourself to find your own. Right, truth. you are, and, and that's exactly like for me. I did that because I, like I said, I was looking for what God meant to me, and you know, I I read the Quran heavy for a while, mm-hmm. and not because I was looking for anything specific. I was just curious, right? Just curious mm-hmm. and just reading and just trying to understand 
you know, the religion itself. And then I went, when I was at work, like I had a guy that was teaching me stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And he was like, when you read the Quran, this is what you're supposed to do. You got to wash your hands. You got to do all this before Mm -hmm. you even open the Quran. You're supposed to read the Quran, you know, and, and your five times a day prayers and all these kind of things. Like he was teaching me what he knew. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And I get that. And Mm -hmm. I was learning all those things. So he challenged me. He was like, Hey, how about you, um, you do the fast with us. I used to do Ramadan with my boyfriend. And I was like. I was more together than he was. Right. <laughs> so I was like, the Quran says this. Da, 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 da. He was like, uh. Right. And I started, and I was like, it. I was like, do the, I'm like, really? You want, he was like, yeah, Ramadan is coming in a couple weeks. Yeah. He was I'm like, like I'll teach you how to prepare for it. He was like, because it's a way to prepare so it doesn't shock your system. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 I should be able to do it. I had a headache for like the first no. 14 days and I was, I just did not feel well. And he was like, I tried to teach you. I tried to tell you, you didn't want to listen. I was like, I got it. All right. Next time I'm going to do it that way. <laughs> I got through the first time I did Ramadan and I was like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And then it really is a discipline thing. Definitely. So for every year after I would do it with him. Oh, that's dope. And he was like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get, let's, let's gear ourselves <laughs> up to it. So we just, we used to do it together. And he used to be like, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. I like and it, it was something for me. It was a discipline for me mm-hmm. that helped me want to really pay attention to my body, re- really pay attention to what I was reading and ingesting during that mm-hmm. time. That was a time where I wasn't really watching TV during the fast. I wasn't really listening to the radio. I wasn't really doing anything outside. There was no, no, no hanging out, nothing like that. I literally was really trying to like listen to myself, trying to find God in, in my reading and really mm-hmm. trying to like connect and, and, and doing like good works and things like that. And it was one of the the best times of my life. Mm-hmm. I felt like I felt clean and I felt whole and I felt mm-hmm. all those things during that time. Does it mean that, you know, I'm not Christian? No, no, it doesn't mean that. It just means that I found another way to connect. There's so many ways to connect. Right. I just feel like when people try to tell you, oh, this is the right way to do it. Your religion is wrong. Like you haven't even looked to see what that's about. Right. Or to see how similar it is to what mm-hmm. you already have. Mm-hmm. You're also cutting yourself off from what could be a great connection. Right. So. Right. And my, and my, being in, in, in Brooklyn, my mother was very adamant about us spending time mm-hmm. in other cultures, see, learning I other things. It. I think growing and up in New York does that to you. It does. Until and, it gets gentrified. Right. <laughs> it's, until gentrification. <laughs> we, let's pause on gentrification. We'll get to that in a moment. And and I think going to like the Indian festivals, Italian yes. Day festivals, and going, going to this, to and like going to Chinatown, going all Italy. these places in New York. And then also going to the library and, and yes. getting books out about culture and understanding culture. And anytime there was some type of cultural event, my mother was like, nope, we're going. <laughs> and we used to be like, why? why? You got to go. And then like I went to an Indian wedding when I was probably about That's six or so seven. Dope. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is crazy. I've never oh, seen anything man. like this in my life. When I was, and four, was it four or five, I went to a Nigerian wedding. Oh, like yeah. All night. Yeah, all day, all I night. I remember that. I was up the entire time. They changed time. clothes like three, four times like it was a lot it was a lot (laughs) nigerian weddings are a lot indian weddings are that literally is like a whole week honestly it's a whole week of stuff we only went to the the last like day and a half Mm -hmm. but like the stuff in the day and a half that we saw i was like this is amazing. amazing and like 
like my kids i try to like get them out there and do like they went to the irish festival the other There's day so many festivals here. and i and i keep telling them like no you should go because you need to learn these Every things because what it does <laughs> it opens your mind up to how other people, people other are. places understand things and maybe you don't have a full understanding maybe they do but have a sit down and have a conversation and you can find out and they i think that helps really you move differently <laughs> right exactly their food's great and then it helps you to move navigate the world a little bit better because you have a, a better understanding culturally mm-hmm. like i was telling my my girls the other day i was like look we were watching something on tv it was like a i forget what we were watching and it was um some muslim people mm-hmm. greeting each other and the men all shook hands kissed each other two times on the cheek when he went to go speak to the woman, he put his hand out. She didn't put her hand out. She put her arm out. And my kids are like, why? but why didn't she shake his hand? I said, because he's married and so is she. Oh. They don't touch hands. You you grab her arm and say hello like this. You shake her arm. You don't shake huh. her hand. And they were like, oh. I was like, so that's something that you should know. Mm-hmm. Like another, if he's married, he would never shake your hand. Hmm because he's married and he would never touch another woman that way not in america I mean, well, <laughs> right not in america but you know the, these are cultural things that you need like to teach mm-hmm. your kids so that when they're around other people one they don't offend anybody right. and then two that they that it shows awareness yeah, of where they are because i realize now like why i'm so not tolerant but accepting i guess of people because mm-hmm. my parents made sure we got all these different experiences like we may not have had like name brand clothes but we went to Jamaica and we were five or six and I went to Africa when I was 16. So you have all these experiences, but then you learn, oh, like, hey, like I had an uncle that had like four or five wives. Mm-hmm. So people talk about like, oh, polygamy and polyamory and all this other stuff. And I was like, yo, like as a kid, it was amazing. There's all these kids to play <laughs> with, right? But I also noticed some of the dynamics and I don't think I quite understood mm-hmm. it until I got older. But I was like, you know, if it's economic, I understand it. This is culturally what you do. But in those cultures, those men can afford all of their wives. Right. And that's the only way you can have multiple, multiple wives, wives if you can afford is that it. you can afford to right. keep and take care of these women. Mm-hmm. And it's like a community thing. So and, and that understanding, I'm like, oh, it's not nasty. It's not crazy. It was for economic purposes <laughs> right. originally. It wasn't it wasn't basically so I could sleep with a thousand people. It literally no. was. This is for economic purposes. And this is for the purpose of spreading my legacy mm-hmm. and upholding my legacy. It was, had nothing to do with just having wives and, and having Fela. options Fela had like what 24 yeah he was doing a little I think bit you're much. legally can have like between four right he, he, he went a little overboard <laughs> he had money but he, he had money to take care of I could never do that I could never right those women were fighting over right. <laughs> every night just to sleep with like, like and that that to me you just that's excess right that's excess that's excess, and then excess. <laughs> I, I don't want to be excess um I, I've read some things about polyamory and and that kind of thing and I I mean like I said, I understand it in a on an intellectual yeah. level, on a, on a concept level. I get it. Conceptually, it it makes sense. Yeah. But I know me, and that's and it. That's it. Just because you know you, it's fine. It's okay for those people that works for them. Doesn't mean that you have to knock everything, mm-hmm. and that's what other people are doing though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm like a person like when I when I date I date one person at a time because I couldn't date more than one person because to me it feels like I'm splitting my attention and I never wanted to do that so from like I just never did that That's some fine. people they could date three four people and they be need okay different energies to like, right. make them happy right and, and one does more power to you one thing one does the other right I don't know 
and, and that's just not if it not works for me. For you, if it works for you, right? It doesn't work for me. But if it don't you work. Know. You can keep it moving. Right. Huh. <laughs> huh. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people who move and stick and move in a lot of different ways. And I mean, if it works for you, it works for you. Just be safe doing whatever you're doing. That's Please. all. I, that's all I say. Be safe. That's it. And considerate. Safe and considerate. There you go. There you go. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> believe me. Um. So we're going to move on to our next topic. What's our next topic, Tasha? Oh, gosh. This, <laughs> this drama that's happening in D.C. with this go-go music oh, foolishness. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. All right. So basically, there is a cell phone store on 24th and I can't remember the, the Cross Street. Um, And is it 24th? I, I can't remember the name of the that. street that it's on. Um, But this store has been there. Like the guy has owned the building for 24 years. And he has sold cell phones and different items through the store or whatever. <clears throat> but he has played go-go music on speakers for years. That Everybody knows which Metro PCS you're talking about because that is his spot. Because he played go-go music selling mixtapes, go-go mixtapes, and you know different artists' mixtapes from the hood at his spot. It's 7th Street and Florida Avenue Northwest. S- yes, Northwest. And... um the people who have gentrified this area have complained and the parent company of Metro PCS is T-Mobile and apparently T-Mobile tried to shut it down because of the complaints. Shut the store down or shut the, shut the, shut, shut it down. So they couldn't play music anymore. Because a guy has been there and worked as a Metro PCS reseller and reseller for years. years yeah. And so the people around the area complained to T-Mobile, like, this guy is mad loud with this music. T-Mobile was like, okay, we might have to tell you to shut it down, the music, you know, turn it down a little bit or don't play it at all. And They're trying to find a middle ground on the volume. Right, right. <laughs> so... DC was like, hold up, what? Like, you came here. There was already a culture here. So you want to shut the culture down because you came into a place that already had a culture? Here's the thing about gentrific- gentrification, okay? <laughs> I have so many thoughts on this, and I have written so a, I've written a couple things about it. And, and, and I, I just feel aggravated in my spirit about gentrification because people who come to these cities in order to have the urban experience but still feel like they live in the suburbs, you came you for the wrong Mm-mm. reason. You don't come to the city for silence. You don't come to the city for silence. For. <laughs> I literally run back home to be able to fall asleep to sirens because I'm used mm. to it. It is too quiet for me to sleep here. Super quiet here. And it's, it, it, it's, it takes longer for me to fall asleep. Because it's not quiet. Because it's too quiet. You can go to YouTube and find some city noises. I know. I, I have gone on there. <laughs> I, I, I have gone on. But like when I go home, I, I, I that is a thing that I look forward to hearing. The sounds of the city. The sounds of the yeah. city. Like I need that in my life. And for you to come from Where wherever you came from, most of the time, Midwest, wherever, coming to D.C. for work you assume that DC needs to bend to what you're used to. And I don't get that. And 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 just using DC as an example because of the story. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, just just using DC as an example cuz this has happened 
in Brooklyn. This has happened in Baltimore. It's this happened has happened here. in Richmond. It's especially like Richmond right now is a lot going on um, with the gentrification piece. But that affected and, where we were with Tropical Soul. Yes. Gentrification has changed the look of the city of Richmond, mm-hmm. but it has also changed the look of, of a lot of urban cities in America. Mm-hmm. And the thing about gentrification is if you are going to come from Timbuktu, nowhere, Wisconsin, what you can't do is go into a neighborhood, go into a city and decide you need it to look a certain way. It's it had a culture. About, it had a sound. It had, it had a vibe. It had it had. <laughs> It had a heartbeat that did not belong to you before you got there. What you cannot do is decide to pull the plug and then resuscitate it with a beat that fits what you want. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. I don't know how, what kind, what level of privilege allows you to think that I'm going to come here and you should be quiet. Right. It's happening to my sister. Like she has new neighbors and they're complaining and putting these complaints into the housing association and like causing all these problems for her. I said, she's like, oh, and they're older people, so like, of the course, it's changing. I was of like, course, oh, of course. Okay. The look of the neighborhood is changing because what happens is they end up like. <sighs> so this one time, <laughs> this one time in Bandcamp, <laughs> this one time in Bandcamp. No, like no. the area of Flatbush or East Flatbush, where I'm from, <clears throat> the projects. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. Vanderveer Projects Vanderveer. has always been Vanderveer Projects, yeah, right? Cool. They're trying to get, the city was basically getting frustrated with the fact that people who were living in a lot of the project areas, because not just Brooklyn, it happened, mm-hmm. it happened in Harlem, it happened in Queens, that these uh, um, project housing, they could not get the people to get out. Okay. People were staying in apartments that were owned by the grandparents who died 30 years ago and they were still in the apartments. Yes. So they came up with a plan of you can only be on, be in the project for X amount of years. Okay. Right. And then they started selling off projects to out of state um, companies uh, that would come in, do renovations, rename it. And now they're regular apartments. I think I've seen that. Vanderveer Projects went through that. They're now called Flatbush Gardens. Oh, I've seen that. And I said, <laughs> Flatbush Gardens. What is a garden? What? The gardens in any other city are still projects. Projects. <laughs> um, and my thing was, as, as I watched the transformation of this thing, you started to see young white kids renting these apartments because they mm. made them they, in the projects they made them in the projects but they felt like you know they made them affordable mm. number one so a lot of people came and rushed oh, to get in there and a lot of young white kids are in east flatbush that don't fit Mm-mm. the mold that was already there you're coming into a place again that had a culture it had a voice. It had a vibe. We had gardens. We had all the things that you think that you want. We already have it. But it's not what they're used to. But it's not what you're used to. So you came in and you decided that you wanted to start putting urban gardens and all these things. But we had but all we that had already. Before. We just, had all that. They don't have to add urban to it. There's plenty of people <laughs> literally in, the in backyard. Brooklyn. Right. People grew stuff in their backyard. We there's had a, lady, a garden. A community there a, garden. Yeah, there's a lady on, on Foster Avenue that has... Her whole front yard is like lettuce and things like that that she grows every year in her front yard. I remember everybody used to have a garden when I was little. And we had one down we the street. We had fresh food. Right. Like you could like 
Flatbush Avenue, literally, I turned the corner. It was right there. I could get right there on Flatbush. On the corner, we had fresh food. <laughs> we had all the things that we wanted because this was stuff that people grew. This was stuff that, or the stuff that they had shipped in so we could eat. Mm-hmm. We, we could have fresh food. They came in to Brooklyn in, in Flatbush, East Flatbush, Williamsburg, all these places, and made it seem like we had access to nothing. And that them Not doing all these gardens and all these things, and we, we need all of these green spaces, and all of this is too urban, it's too many buildings. You moved into a concrete jungle, and you're cracking the concrete to put <laughs> greens. I'm confused. Like you moved into the concrete jungle and it's you're mad that it's I'm so much to. concrete. I have to bring what I'm used to with me. <clears throat> and so I can feel more comfortable here in your hood. No. And you forget to... the fact that your people, you people want to play in the streets and your kids are loud and your food smells strong. And your guys are up to 11, 12 o'clock in the morning talking in the staircase. You're dead. Everything that makes Brooklyn, Brooklyn. <laughs> like, how, how do you come into a place like Brooklyn? Any that's city literally at this point. Any city, really, where you have a place where all the cultures go- collide and you like, no, we don't want that. You can't do that. What? what, what in that was what the beauty world? of growing up in New York. That's There's exactly all these what it was. And you get to learn about so many different things. The, the, and and you and the, I think it is, is that. A lot of these people do not have culture or do not understand culture because where they grew up, everyone looked like them, spoke like them, did the things that they did. They were very 2% gallon milk. If you wanted a bland way of life, there's a whole suburb just for Just that. for you. Just that's where bland goes. Right. This I don't, is where color and I, life I'm come. lactose intolerant. <laughs> I don't want to drink your milk. Like I don't <laughs> want to look, feel, and sound like everybody else around me. Mm-hmm. There was a reason why you got on the train and the sounds of the train was the kids over there speaking Spanish, the kids over there speaking Hindi, these people doing this. And you're like, yo, like this is home. This like is this home. feels, this is comfortable. But they you're mad. And then you see these people the- on the train in the last couple of years screaming about, no, you're in America, speak English. What? What? No. Are you it's serious? a melting pot. Did you forget that? <laughs> that you didn't help develop with your English. <laughs> And your English is terrible that you're yelling at me in. Please get get your life together. You want so I can so you can hear me. Is that what you want to know? To understand what I'm talking about? You right. Can always you just want to make sure language. that we're not talking about you. You should always be learning another language. I took French for seven years. I took Spanish for several years. Yes, and I have Duolingo, and my kids do Duolingo at least for 20 minutes a day yes. because I want them to be able to have another language in their pocket. I like it because it, it, you need to know another language. One because you just need to be able to communicate outside of what you know. Yeah, there's more languages than just English. <laughs> right. And English is not, especially American English, it's horrible. It's hard. It's horrible. That too. <laughs> it's horrible. And I said, I, that's why I'm glad, like, of course, I learned American English because I grew up in America. But my family grew up on the Queen's English. Yes. So I grew up spelling words with o and u that yes. in america was only spelled with an o like i the the word zebra i didn't zebra. say that i said it's zebra <laughs> the letter z i said zed zed but that's the way that so my family zed is it zebra you said it said it wrong all this time <laughs> zebra zed zebra zebra <laughs> Oh my gosh, Jay, you're a mess. 
But, you know, like those little things help you to understand somebody else. Like learning how they say things, how they spell things, why they say it the way that they say it. I have family all over. I have family in Canada, have family in England, have family in the Caribbean, and you learn culture through them as well mm-hmm. because Canada, they are a whole different vibe. Mm-hmm. And it it's has the feel kind of New York, but mm-hmm. it's a little different. They mm-hmm. have a little, you know, they have a little different thing that they don't have in New York. That's why a lot of like um Caribbean people always go to like Toronto and mm-hmm. things like that. Not only for just like Carabana and things like mm-hmm. that, they go because it's a little different. It yeah. feels it feels familiar, but, but it has it has some differences. <laughs> right. It feels familiar, but it's not the same. And you know, you have people who like I said, I have family everywhere. So if I wanted to go to England, I could go to England and I could be okay. I have mm-hmm. family in Wales as well. Okay. Wales sounds like, sounds like a special place to go. We should go. I, I want to. <laughs> I want to. I just feel like it's from what I've seen of Wales. Mm-hmm. One, their language is very strange. You have to learn it. Though. Uh, Welsh is like a language <laughs> like I have heard it and I'm like, uh, I'm not even going to try that. Don't be like the colonizers. <sighs> right. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm like, I like I, 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 I've heard it and I was like, huh. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Try my hand at that. Right. But then I I also watch a lot of like um shows from like other countries. Mm. Um PBS is a great way. It's a great segue into oh. learning culture through television shows. I watch a lot of English TV on PBS, but then I go on my own and I watch yeah. other stuff too. I watch some shows that are in Canada mm. and you learn culture that way too. You learn some things about like the cities and things like that through there. And like what I have seen of Wales, it seems like a lot of mountains and a lot like uh, people are spread out. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like metropolis type of thing. That's fine. So it's more like a countryside. You have like these hamlets, but no like major big cities that I have seen. I mean, do you need if one? I did my no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I think it'll be harder to understand the vibe a little bit How like so? you've been to the caribbean there's no no well i think the 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 the, the and what i mean by vibe is your vibe is depending on the proximity to the people around you mm-hmm. if my hamlet is 30 miles away from that one mm-hmm. we're not really sharing the same things we ha- kind of have our own way of doing things that's why they have like watering holes and stuff like that <laughs> water <laughs> watering holes you can gather with your fellow countrymen yeah, yes you can and then g- retreat back to your <laughs> to your helmet your, was it to the, the helmet the, the hamlet the hamlets the hamlets <laughs> you are funny so like i, I should be in my face we have a vibe the right vibe i mean you don't energy. have to but i'm just saying like, like just thinking like from so what I, you come from a city vibe so right you i'm a city person where the people are. right i want to be where the people are and learn that and then of course go out to the country too because you know i have being here in Virginia, I have learned to appreciate yes. quiet, but not for very long. <laughs> um, I have. I, it took time. I got there, but it's too quiet. It's, it's too still quiet. too quiet, <laughs> you know. And like I, I, my dad used to have a friend that lived in, I want to say Cumberland, Virginia, which is very mm. like farm town. Very, it's 
far out, it's very the, it's funny. The country. It's it's C-U-N-T-R-Y. country. C-U-N-T-R-Y. It's country. There's no O in that. There's C-U-N-T-R-Y. T-R-E-Y. Like country. 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 Now we sound crazy. Yeah, I know. And um, like it's way out. And like he had a friend that had this farm, and the guy. And his family, they had like uh, dirt bikes and like uh, four wheelers and all these things. And they were like, yeah, come out. You should come out and hang out with us. And I was like, we were like, what? Got to do it. Go out there, it's right? Great. They had go karts, four wheelers, can't ride that in the city. like mo- like everything, <laughs> and reason. they had like wet like uh, rain suits for us to put on because it was muddy. And they were like, "Yeah, just go out." And they were like, "Yeah, learn how to ride. You'll be fine." And we we're like, uh, "What? You sure?" <laughs> Did you come back alive? And when I came, I came back. I had never experienced anything like that in my life. It's freedom, and it was so much mud. Mud was on our teeth. It was a mess. But it was fun. Like yes. I never had fun like that before, and I appreciated that. And they had like zip lines and like they have this, a zip line. In their yard? Listen, these people like <laughs> they, they they're the they're no they're <laughs> right. Their <clears throat> farm was like an adventure based learning place. That's that's what it was. It's called home. Right, and that's exactly <laughs> what it was for them. That was just regular, like a regular like, day for them. This in the city, right? And they they were like, "Oh, you've never done this." Mm. where would i have done this show me where would i have done out this? here right <laughs> and now that i'm out here and i've done it i'm like oh. i think i might want to come back one day See? like i feel like this is something i could do and i've done like you know zip lining like other places and like four-wheeling other places but like it was something different than you what i'm to used to explore your world to learn more about right that. That's like people like we travel. I hate people traveling like, oh, there's a Quiznos up the street. Well, I don't eat Quiznos at home. Right. But I'm especially not coming to this oh my other gosh. country to not try the food of the people. Why would I eat what I, I eat at home? I had this conversation at work literally two weeks ago. So one of the, the security guys at the job, he was like, oh, yeah, I love going on cruises. I love doing this, that, and the third. And I love going on cruises. I go to different islands, but I never eat the food. What? I He's said, proud what? Of he said, when I go on a cruise, I only eat what the cruise people give you. You didn't bring any Pepto-Bismol? He said, because I don't want to get sick while Activated I'm here. Charcoal. So he said, Probiotics. one of the last cruises that he went Yogurt. on it was like 10 days. And he said... About the fifth day, the waiter was like, you want your regular? He was like, yeah. He had steak and potatoes every Ugh. night for the first five days. He was living the dream. Okay. I was like, why? <laughs> I said, so where did you go? Oh, we went to Aruba and St. Martin and we were in Jamaica and this place. I was like. And you ate steak and potatoes? And you ate steak and you potatoes? oxtails and rice? He said we had. He you said, have any plantain? I like, asked him. He was like, no. He said. When he was on the boat and they were pulling into dock, he would go out while it was pulling in and look on the island for a McDonald's sign, a KFC sign, a this sign. Get off the boat and walk in that direction. I'm a Mar- I, I, I was I was in the Navy, so I know so? which way I'm going. And he would walk his way over there and go to the McDonald's, Burger King, wherever on the island because that's food that he knows. No. I said, you missed the entire Higher point the, of traveling. What was the point in going there if you're going to eat at McDonald's? If you want to be at home, to stay at home. If you don't want to experience any different said, than what you have was, every said, day, no. why do you leave the house? He said, <laughs> oh, man, because the people that I was with, they were going down and they were, like, eating food off the side of the road. I yes, was like, that's the that's food that you, you eat. <laughs> I was like, these people are not going to poison you on purpose. What you do is my mom was like, go talk to the people who work at the front desk. 
Ask them where they eat their lunch. Right. And that's where we That's go. where you go. <laughs> I'm like, you have to experience. I said, if you're going there to experience the culture, experience the, the culture. culture. Like, what do you The food for? is a part of the culture. The music is a part of the culture. Their traditions are a part of the culture. The like, please experience the smells that. of the culture. You have to experience that. You can't Move into Virginia. And not accept it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Move into Virginia. I had never had any interaction with the Native American culture at all, period. Mm-hmm. I know what it, I knew what it was reading about it. I knew what it was seeing stuff on TV. You thought you did. I went to my first powwow and literally felt like my mouth was open the whole I still time. I haven't been to one. Oh my gosh. Is it, it is an experience. Season? Yeah. 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 Mm, Toward I the end of the summer, you'll start getting more. I want to go. And I had uh, buffalo jerky for the first time oh, at a powwow and I was like, buffalo jerky? What in the world? It's a big it was chewy. It was chewy. <laughs> chewy. It was chewy. It was fresh um, um, jerky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff in the store is like dried. Oh, no. This was chewy. This had yeah, some, some gaminess to it. it. Like this like came off the, the, the buffalo a couple of days ago. Like, <laughs> you know. It takes longer to jerky meat. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying it was it was very gamey. It was chewy. It was, it was, it was moist and everything. It was, it was something. chewing for a while. Right. And like I learned like. <laughs> how they made their food. I learned like their, their traditions. I listened to, I learned what a sweat lodge was. Had mm. never heard of that word in my life. Really? No, I had never, I had mm. zero interaction with the native American culture. I knew nothing. See. Okay. So, um, cause the Indians in my family are a completely different set of Indians. <laughs> okay. I have actually, no, wait, it's two different kinds okay. in my family. So we have the East Indians, mm-hmm. and then you have the Arawak. This is the Arawak. Yeah. So we had, you know, different, yeah, different thing. Yeah. So we were named like Cherokee and Blackfoot. Yeah, like <laughs> I learned like in going to the powwow, I started to learn about the different tribes, mm-hmm. and I started to learn that they weren't all the same. Mm-mm. Like it, it, even though they tell you in the book, oh, it was the these and the this and the this. To see it is different than to read it in a book mm. and to learn what their actual traditions mean and things like that. Um, and um, I learned like a lot of like their sayings and how they they process, you know, what God is, mm-hmm. how they process, you know, their connection to the ground and the earth and the connection to people mm-hmm. to them is almost the same thing. How yeah. they connect to the earth and how they connect to people is the same. same. And like you start to learn all these different things and it's like, wow, um, I get why that culture is so important to so many people and why mm-hmm. they try to hold on to it mm-hmm. and, and really try to teach it to their next generation. That's very important to them that the next generation continue the traditions. Because otherwise they will erase you. Right. They will it, America has they a great way of erasing whitewashing a race. And and the whitewashing of of culture is Because they're not gonna no, do it for you. No. They're gonna get the stories wrong. Did you go to that mask exhibit, the Congo mask exhibit at the museum when it I came? did not go. I did not go. I went and I was so disturbed because we started looking at like reading through the the descriptions on on the art and it's like this could be a dress for this and like one of the exhibits had on regular kente on the on the mannequin with the mask he's like you didn't even do your homework this has forks and knives on it that's not even cultural that's just like oh it got from africa i'm gonna put throw this on right oh god <laughs> but it's, it's it started to become very obvious that some of this stuff probably was stolen because mm-hmm. they had no way of knowing what, what it was what actually it was connected actually to for. and what it was for, right? Neither did they go and ask anybody. 
And I was like, the only time that would happen is if, where one, you think you're an expert and you're creating your own storyline, but two, you stole it. And so you can't go back to ask because if you take it back, Mm -mm. this ceremonial gear that you have here, Mm -hmm. you've stolen their culture from them. How did you get it? So it was interesting. After that, I was like, you know what? I don't know. I wasn't as excited leaving as I was when I got there, reading all the descriptions and realizing that this may or may not be this. This may or may not be a female or male. Like, this could be this. And then there was like an Elvis mask in there. It was like, what? <laughs> you cannot gentrify culture, ladies and gentlemen. But you they cannot are. do it. But they did. And when we left, my friend was with me and was like pissed off because they had like Kenyan art and toys and stuff in the gallery that's right outside, where you can like the gift shop right outside. Mm-hmm. She's like, they just do everything African from the gift shop down here. <laughs> She was so pissed off. I left and I was like, yeah, that wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. Right. I'm I glad I didn't go because I probably would be irritated. If you had some you know, people from the Congo who actually were historians or knew that the culture, I feel like it would be a better exhibit. Right. Instead of that's stolen why, That's art. why yeah. the, the, the African American Museum in D.C. is so important. Oh, my goodness. Because they actually researched and they really that's did, important. you know, look at some things. And, 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 and it's an experience that I feel like a lot of non-cultured people should go there were some non-cultured people there when i went there were some when i went to skipped over the fact that in the beginning it says that they were black white and native slaves mm-hmm. and that they all lived together mm-hmm. and somehow in the history it just kind of dips and there was a non-cultured person behind me trying to explain to his son about what it was saying and i wanted to say you can read it and show <laughs> you but you can't make up your own story here right but it's interesting to see that there were yeah, there was someone I went when I went. I went for my birthday. I went like last Black Friday last year, and we were rude to all. Was it last year? Maybe maybe two years ago because it had people. it had opened. It had open. It hadn't been open that long when we went. We went. Black it was Friday. year before last. I went last year. It was great. Yeah. You need to go back. That's the museum you need to go to like three times. Right. In order to get the whole thing, you have to do it. I think probably about a good three times to really. Because I think I spent a lot of time. In the bot, in the the slavery to um, was it the very bottom? Because you you start from the start bottom from the of the bottom. building and go up. Yeah. And I think I spent a lot of time like like really reading a lot of the things from yeah, the bottom and that took floor. A long time. It took a long time, and I felt like I didn't. I still didn't get enough. Like no. I still I needed to go back and read some more. And um, I got called out near the slave cabin, so I feel like I missed some of that. For mm-hmm. And then we went, started back at the fourth and went back to the third. And I was pissed at whoever decided to go up and then come back down. They they, they made us do that because the, the floor, come back down. Uh-huh, because the floor was full. Yeah. So no. they told us. And then like going into like the Emmett Till um, section yeah, that no. took forever to get to. I remember that. Um, I must not have gone. Yeah. There's some parts of the floors that I missed. Like we went to the sports section, but then and it was like the stuff with the war. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the way the museum is set up, it takes you from the very beginning and explains everything. And then it goes like era by era. All the way up. So if you skip mm-hmm. a floor, it throws you, you off. off. But mm-hmm. it also, psychologically, it ends with music and entertainment. So it brightens your mood. Mm-hmm. If you go back down to the third level, I think it was, there's like war and there's like, you know, Jesse Owens. Like mm-hmm. Jesse Owens and like mm-hmm. all the stuff in the Olympics, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of is still reminiscent of sadness. When you get to the top level, it's like all of this pain led to this creativity. Mm-hmm. I think you have to finish at the top. Right. It just and throws it, you off if you don't. It's the same thing like the Holocaust Museum is like that, too. I haven't been. That, that is an experience because uh, I did that in the eighth or eighth 
or ninth grade in I did that. that. I think I did that here in Virginia. Was it? Yeah. And we went. First of all, they didn't warn us before we went. Oh. And it was an experience like no other, literally. Because you walk in and they give you a card of a person who may or may not make it to the end. Oh. So they hand you this card and it has a picture of a person on it. And they tell you the description of the person, how old they were when the war started Mm -hmm. and all the things. At the end, you put your card. It was at that time you put your card in the machine and it tells you if the person lived or died. Oh, wow. And made it through the Holocaust. So it was it was like everybody was like, please make it. Please make it, please make it. <laughs> that has a high it, chance that you're right, not one of the ones. Right. And I was like, oh man, my person didn't make it, but I kept it. I kept oh, my card. Cool. I kept my card because I was like, I wanted it to be a reminder of, mm-hmm. you know, this experience that I had. I um, go. Hmm? I should go. I've yeah. never been. I've been to the majority of the museums in DC. I've been through, yeah. Either the one here or the one in DC? I've been to the one here and DC. Oh, okay. Okay. I've been to the majority of the museums. Yeah, I feel like I've been to most of them. I haven't been to DC in a while though. Well, since like last year, year yeah. before last. Yeah, I've done a lot of those museums, art museums, this that, and the third. Same thing with New York. I've been to a lot of like the art museums, Guggenheims, uh, and all the things. Every and... Saturday with my dad, I went to the museum, mm-hmm. which Easter. makes me understand art so much more differently mm-hmm. than people that I hang around. I'm like, oh, you just don't get it, do you? But my dad's an artist, so we spent <laughs> every weekend in the museum, and he'd make me sit and analyze and draw mm-hmm. yep. and. I hated it. I hated it so much. But I thanked him like a few weeks, a few months ago. I was like, thank you for those Saturdays at the museum. Mm-hmm. He's like, you remember that? I was like, yeah. I was and like, we used to go, we used to, go to um, Brooklyn Library. Yeah. Get books. Oh, yeah. Yo, I've seen you before. <laughs> we used to, go- <laughs> used to go to Brooklyn Library. We used to walk. We used to walk up to the library. We used to walk yeah. from East Flatbush. Walk. So we walked from St. James Place. Go to Prospect Park. Across Atlantic. Then we would up. go to the library mm-hmm. and then go back home. Um, that was like a that was one of the things That's we used trek. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was at the end of it, you were tired, and that was yeah. what my mother wanted. Um, uh. So we could take a nap, and go to sleep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we definitely did like things like that. So. That's one of the things that you you have to do to to keep the culture going. Like my kids have been to like um, the Labor Day parade and things oh, like yes. that because I want them to understand their culture, understand that. No, they're not just dancing and, you know, being, you know, lewd and lascivious. They're not doing that. It's cultural. You got to understand, like, had to explain to them, like, what juve means, what what the reason why they did these things were. And 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 they were like, OK, like this year we did we listened to Calypso music versus soca music mm-hmm. versus reggae oh. music versus dance hall so they could get what the different sounds were. They could understand that. And we watched. um soka monarch we watched that and you know my daughter was like i know who won i know who won i was like oh (laughs) well tell me who won you know and i was i was like surprised because the little bit that she saw with me she went to one of her friend's house she saw it she saw it because that kid's uh father is trinidadian the mom is from uh i don't want to say this wrong oh lord (laughs) she's from saint kitts and nevis that's where she's from and um they were watching it on tv nice. so she came home and she was like oh i know who won and i was like oh go ahead and tell me tell me who won 
And she was like, oh, it's Mr. Killer. I said, oh, how do you know that? So she was explaining to me what she saw. And I'm like, oh, all right, good. All right. <laughs> you sound like your mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, oh I was gosh. like, wow. I was like, so, like, I want them to want to look at things like that. Want to be a part of the culture. Like You have to excite that. But what do you yes. do about people who don't have any knowledge of culture mm-hmm. and apparently don't want any? Th- that's the problem is uh, <laughs> I can't make you want it. You have to go in with the open mind of saying, I want to experience it. How do you get people who are coming into these neighborhoods to open up their minds to experience and understand where they're coming? Or is their mission just to bulldoze through anyway and get rid of you? Some of them and it make is. it for themselves. Some of them it is because you're like, worth like, you're like we had the conversation, we we're talking about the promenade and going to like Williamsburg and things yes. like that. Williamsburg, Brooklyn looks nothing like it did when I was younger. It has been out. We, we cannot afford to live in that area. So certain people live in that area now. There are parts of Brooklyn that do not belong to Brooklyn anymore. They have become, it has become... Um, what do we call it? Uh, Manhattan East. Mm. And, you know, yeah, like it's, it's just, it doesn't feel like Brooklyn anymore. Last time I went, I was like, this is not the Brooklyn I remember. Right. And it doesn't make me want people like, oh, when you go back to New York? And I'm like, I don't really want to go back to New York. It's 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 hard to, it's harder to go back now. Like I grew up in that whole Clinton Hill area. That's not the same. It's not the same. It's super clean. There's no alcoholics on the corner leering at me that's a whole nother conversation like when do you you learn about like how when men look at you and how to conduct yourself like right that that's a conversation i'm having i'm having that with my 12 year old right now yeah of of the how to know what the motive is yeah so we're having that conversation but i think when you have people who move into areas like like urban areas and you have cultural things available to them me personally I I wouldn't like force it down their throat but I would have events specifically geared to people who are not from there like a welcome wagon like a (laughs) welcome yeah literally remember how we used to have we used to have block parties have yeah. a block party. Not if they're trying to them. cancel your block party. Though. Right. Which is, which is also an issue that's been <laughs> popping up in Brooklyn of block parties getting canceled. And, Who cancels and a block party? Who does not want to have a good time? Oh, you want your, you want your car here? You don't want the kids to have a safe space to play? Like, right. <laughs> you don't want to exactly. try something different. Because I remember block parties were like the thing. That was amazing. Man, I, I love street block- clothes. We could play in the street. Man. The fire hydrant. Block parties ices. was it. You used to go to block parties that wasn't even on your block. Heck yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to. <laughs> so I, I remember like I'm on, on Lefferts. That was like, to me, that was the best block parties that we had was on Lefferts Avenue. I don't remember. Man, we sat, because it used to be the, what should I call it? Um, what is the one that spins in a circle? I don't know. The one the little teacup used to be right in front of my aunt's building. Oh. And then they used to have like the little Ferris wheel and all that used oh, to be like right that. there. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, fair. We had, we had, it, <laughs> yo, it, Black Parties was serious over we there. It was, it was dope over there. Like, I, I it like really I was. something like that, but I don't remember where it was. It definitely was in the city. And they had yeah. all that stuff in the yeah. street, like we the had, hair we stuff had, in the we street. We had that on, when we were on Lefferts, like when we used to have, like spend summers at my aunt's house, like, oh, it was a good listen, time. we were out here, we was out here getting it. Like, it was love. Like, it was one of those things you had the ice cream truck on every end of the block was an ice cream truck. Yeah. So if he didn't have it, he had it. You had that the, 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 the
had one fire. We had, we had one ice, ice cream truck. The, the and people the with the ice lady. Yes. <laughs> like, yo, we had like two, three of those out there. You like, go to the corner store. Yo, there was, there was cooking out. Like, it was it was love. It it's really like was. A barbecue in yeah, the street. Yeah, it was love. <laughs> like, for me, like, I would think, like, if you're going to go into a neighborhood and you start to see that your neighborhood is starting to change to look, not look like your neighborhood, um, invite the people. The yeah, keep the activities going. Like, when we look at our house on New York Avenue, the guy across the street was a white lady that lived across the street with her son. Whole time we in this, we over there, we could see him. He could see us. He would wave at us through the door, through the window, whatever. He would wave at us, but he was in a rock band, and he would play drums. I mean, stupid loud <laughs> on a Saturday morning. Saturday morning. What? Give us some time. And he would have all the windows open. Rain, sleet, summer, snow, fall. It doesn't matter. The windows would be open when he was playing. We want y'all to hear the noise. And it... Man, and we should just look at him like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> what is wrong with this boy? But my mother used to be like, well, you know, if he that's the type of music he listens to. And he would play records like loud. So we could hear like rock music and like... My first introduction to rock music was, was the kid, that guy across the street. <laughs> and it was like, he, him and his mother would come and like, when we would have like food and stuff, mm-hmm. they give him a plate. So they hey, came. how you doing? Yeah, came over, talked on the stoop. Like everything, like everything was cool. Like it was never any issues right. with that lady and her son. Never any issues. He would like sometimes when my mother had groceries, he would help her if he was outside. Like See, no problems. But then you have the ones that come and they're like, "Ugh." They then why did you move here? Because the property was cheap, and soon more people who look like me will come, and it'll look like what I'm familiar with. They just want to be comfortable in their space, not knowing that them being comfortable is now making everybody else around uncomfortable? them uncomfortable. Right. So there has to be a way that you can integrate people and not push them out. But maybe your goal is to push them out. And so if that's the case, you're not looking to learn no. about them because they're not going to be here for long. No. Which is a very clear indication of how you're treating people. <laughs> All I want people to know, basically, is we got to... The cu- culture is relevant to the success of any area. Yeah. You have to invite the culture in in order for the culture to move and for the culture to thrive. And this is not just talking about, you know, culture as in just where you're from or, you know, you bringing your, you know, wherever you're from's culture to where you live now, which is also necessary. Sometimes the culture is go-go music. Sometimes (laughs) the culture is lowriders. Sometimes the culture is whatever it is that your area is known for that people can learn about, appreciate, and allow the culture to move forward and allow people to, to ingest the culture that's around them because knowing how to move within that culture also helps when there is an issue. It protects unity. Well, then you have to learn how to respect people, first of all. Right. You can't just come somewhere and just try to change everything to what, for you. Right. There are people who have been existing and living and breathing before just fine you came without along. you. Right. right. So you can't come into an area and try to change it. 
you have to learn how to blend into it mm-hmm. and become a part of it. Yeah, blend, blend to the it's culture. Fi- it's fine if you want to move here, but you just can't change what everyone's been doing for the last fifty years. You you can't gentrify culture, and you can't erase culture because it's not yours. Sure, you can. No. You can't. No. That's what they're doing. That's what they're, <laughs> that's what they're attempting to do. But there's a, there's been a lot of shutdown going around too. Mm-hmm. Of people like, no, you're not. What you're not gonna do is come here and disrespect, here and disrespect yeah. something that was already established before you get here. And I'm and I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm here for revitalizing. Right, revitalize, but don't erase. No, revitalize, but don't erase. So that that's my thoughts. <laughs> so angry, just so mad. That's my thoughts. You know what I mean? Don't be a culture killer. Not look. Don't don't come here killing blender. my vibe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't do that. I don't got time for it, for real. You sound really upset. No, nah, I'm not upset. <laughs> I'm not upset. Tell them why you mad, son. So, <laughs> <laughs> You're taking my Brooklyn away. What are you doing? Right, like I bring I need it, it back. I need, it, I need it to stay the not stay the way that it was. I need it to grow, but I need it to feel like it was. Make and it and like it was. yeah, it make it like it was. <laughs> right, make it like it was the way it used to be. Yeah, I can't do all that. Um, that's that WBLS, but oh. you know, um, Quiet Storm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Quiet Storm. I hate that song with a passion. Listen, I don't like that song. It's over. Thank you. It's over. All right, thank y'all for listening. Um, I think we've said our piece. Okay. No music. No. Um, no news. Nah, we're gonna come back no with updates. the music and the news. We're gonna start. We're gonna do a, a whole music show. Are we gonna do a whole music show? We need to. I guess I'll listen to more music then and less podcast yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to get through. I'm trying to. I've, okay, I have settled on binge mode and um, oh darn, for nerds only. Used to okay. Be another one. So it's like black podcast. Okay. So I have my. I found my black family. I listen, I listen to Jesus and Jolo. Um, That's my joint. I haven't. I'm trying to catch up to the uh, Game of Thrones this week. And so. of course, up to small doses, and then um, is that Amanda? Yeah, that's Amanda. Is she talking to herself? No, sometimes it's just her, and sometimes she has a guest. Okay. And then um, Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. That's my other one. Those are the I ones I listen to. to that one yet. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Well, maybe next week. I listen to the read, of course, and then Game of Thrones. And that was it. I yeah. don't know. But that was it. That's it. So um, thank you. Thank y'all for coming. Have a good week. Listening, doing all the things, sharing. Yeah, have a good Share, week. Share, subscribe. Yeah. Leave a comment. Or you can email us at stoopphilosophy at gmail.com. Yes. You can find us on Instagram at stoopphilosophy. All spelled out. The words are right. Yeah. Um, leave a comment. Tell a friend. Drink your water. Meditate. Pray. Journal. Mind your business. <laughs>